This is Jeff Scandridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies Podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Over the next half hour, we're going to be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and tips that you can use to grow your business, no matter the size, no matter the industry, and no matter the geography. Weekly, we'll bring in a top mover and shaker, someone who's done something unbelievable with his or her business, and we'll dig deep. We'll uncover specific strategies, tactics, and tools that they've used to help you achieve your business goals. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies Podcast. Hey guys, if you're looking to put your business on the fast track to achieving sustained strategic growth, this episode is sponsored by the team at Innovation Junkie. To learn more about our Growth DX, go to innovationjunkie.com backslash growth DX. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Jeff Standards here and welcome to another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Hey Jeff. And I'm glad to be back. This yeah, is this is a bonus episode. That's right. That's right. Bonus episode well, today. Well, and, and, and how about I kick this off with, with a couple of thoughts? So yeah, I'd love to. That's, that are, that'd be great. That are relevant, you know, kind of relevant to what we talk about, but really relevant to what we see happening in the world. So some years back, Nassim Tlaib wrote a book called The Black Swan. And it was the impact of what happens when highly improbable things actually manifest and occur. So he, he made the assertion that things like um, the, the dot-com bubble, the uh, 9-11 attack, uh, the 2008 financial reset, that those were black swan events, these sort mm -hmm. of large, unexpected, unpredictable things that you couldn't necessarily foresee. And then all the, the, the uh, adversity they caused and all the different things that came out of that, both good and bad from innovation, societal change and whatnot. And so, and so th th things that you couldn't predict, they just happen uh, because they're, they just they're happen. Black like swans. Mm -hmm. So, Exactly. Black swan, big seismic uh, changing type of things. And then there's another author named Michelle Walker that has written uh, a book called The Gray Rhino. And her mm -hmm. assertion is, yeah, OK, we get that there's occasionally going to be these things that sneak up on you that couldn't have been foreseen. But are they really a black swan or are they a gray rhino? And the gray rhino is something that's obvious. It's right in front of you. If you're in the Serengeti, you're in Africa and you see a rhino and there, there are few numbers of them, you, you can't miss them, right? They're gigantic. So her assertion is, how do you recognize and act on the obvious dangers we ignore? And so as point of the conversation, how do we weave that into how is this relevant to someone that's trying to run a constantly improving, innovative business? How does it relate to strategy? And so that's kind of the context of the conversation. And I would pose the question, are black swan events in a business really black swan events hmm. or are we all, do we have the blinders on or are we ignoring the signals that we see? And, and you've run a number of businesses. You've been involved mm -hmm. in a number of businesses. Think about your own experience, Jeff. What, what do you think? Are there, are these things really black swan or are they gray rhino? What about, um, gray rhino, a gray, gray swans. <laughs> I think it's probably maybe kind of a little bit of both, right? So um, yeah. I believe that we far too commonly and far too easily chalk things up to black swan events uh, when yeah. in reality uh, it's pro there's probably a middle ground between the two. It's kind of like he said, she said, and then there's the truth, and it's somewhere in between. Uh, you know, I, I know that when I look back at some of the business failures that I have experienced, 
maybe I couldn't have predicted the failure that I actually experienced, but I could, I could, I could look back in retrospect and see some signs that it was coming and that perhaps had I taken some action, I could have averted the disaster that, it, that I ultimately experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, exactly. And, and to put another, this is one that was very visible in the, the early days of, mm-hmm. uh, of the, the war in Afghanistan. It was Donald Rumsfeld said, mm-hmm. well, there's known knowns, there's known unknowns and there's unknown Unknown unknowns. unknowns, And it's easy for us to, at times chalk up to, well, who could have ever anticipated that? Who could have known Mm -hmm. Uh, a a good example? There was, and I I don't have the reference directly off the top of my head, but there was a guy that made over a billion dollars shorting the financial bubble because he could see what was going to happen with, uh, uh, mortgage backed securities and with credit default swaps and all this other kind of contrived financial engineering that was, that was built around the basis of something that wasn't credit worthy at its core. Mm-hmm. And so he began to short all of that stuff and made a ton of money. So for him, it was definitely a gray rhino that was coming, not a black swan mm-hmm. for you. You wonder at times, is it willful ignorance when we get to that point? Or is it, it we don't want to believe that there's a contrarian view or something happening. And I'd just be wondering about your thoughts on that. Or you said it's somewhere in between, but talk, well, take, about, talk take, about what leaders can do to unwind some well, of that. Well, and before we do that, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the mortgage crisis of several years ago is the student loan crisis of today. And what yeah. did we learn during the mortgage crisis that could have be applied to the student loan, the pending student loan crisis that we have today? Yeah, and the, and the other thing that, that I think to add some perspective is there, there was a set of, of uh, a confluence of factors that mm-hmm. led to that financial crisis that had at their original history something that was well intended from 35 years before, where it was this idea that the uh, Community Reinvestment Act was intended to make sure that people who had typically been denied mortgages had a greater chance of getting a mortgage. Well, that was very well intended. But it led to some things that led to pathological behavior where mm-hmm. people there was no uh, no checking of, of credit qualification at all. And so speculators and people were using that to kind of build something out of this sort of house of cards. So it was this cascading of factors that came together. Uh, and, and so redirect the question again. I yeah. may have gotten a little too far off in the weeds there. Well, no, I was just talking. I was just comparing. You talked about the the mortgage crisis. I was comparing it to maybe we have oh, a, a, a gray rhino going on right now around student so, loans. Uh, so perfect, student student loan, and thank you for bringing me back to that. So, how are those things similar? Well, in the case, well, you've of had a birthday loan, recently. I, sometimes we have to help you with those I, kinds of. You things. know, I tell you what, it's like half a step <laughs> away from, from being in full on geezer mode. But thank you for pointing that out. This is my last full year with Happy with birthday five. If <laughs> five is the first number in my age, so I'm that's not right. Give, more clues away but one foot in the grave but, uh, the other so, one on a banana peel well you, you could argue and, and we're close to the educational system but you could definitely argue that we built a process in education that encourages students to go out and get massive amounts to debt to pay for increasingly high tuition living expenses etc i mean a lot of the major universities in the u.s are like a country club i mean they're competing for students all across the country for this immersive experience that may end in some kind of quality education that actually gives them earning power, but may not. And there's large disparities between STEM related degrees and employability and the other things that you can learn. And yet we've, we've saddled these kids with mounting 
amounts of debt that sometimes might take them 15 to 20 years to pay off. And so when does that bubble pop? And, and the other thing too is think about the size of the bubble that's been created and it really only serves 35% of all of the adult population. That's essentially what your four year yep. or six year undergraduate uh, baccalaureate attainment rate is. And so it's like, what are we doing? It's yeah. a system that's again, based on leverage rather than paying as you go. So back to your question about Seems what like leaders can do. Yeah. So what leaders can yeah. do in their businesses, you know, and, and we can kind of kick this back and forth. I like to use the, the, the reference from, from Jim Collins in good to great, where he talks about, you know, what is it that drives your economic engine? And, uh, you know, I think we as leaders can get very reactive in our business and can be heads down. Uh, and, and so how do we, how do we, attune ourselves to these potential gray rhinos that are that are charging us number one raise our heads up and and keep our eyes fixed on where we're going and what are those what are those metrics that point to the economic vitality of our organization uh you know is it uh revenue profit uh margins you know turnover whatever those are for our business is having a good handle on those and looking at them i think the second thing we can do looking at them and taking action on them. I think the second thing we can do is how many times we as as small medium uh, enterprise owners do we really step back and run a risk mitigation exercise, a risk management mm-hmm. exercise and say what are the critical competitive risk? What are the critical internal risks? What are the critical personnel risks, quality risks? What are the risks that we are facing in our organization? What's the likelihood that they could happen? And if they happen, what's the potential effect, right? Yeah. Um, likelihood, you know, the likelihood is only one measure. The potential effect is another. If likelihood is is low or moderate, but the potential effect would be catastrophic, then maybe we need to take some action to mitigate those risks. Yeah. I mean, and that's something we go through a simple spreadsheet tool that talks about mm-hmm. critical, major, or minor in terms of severity, mm-hmm. critical being something that could put you out of business, major, significant setback, minor, you get to it when you get to it. And then it assigns a probability based on it occurring. And that gives you kind of a, a weighted order of merit. Uh, then you've got you've got a priority list of how you should attack these risks that if you let them go, can definitely torpedo the business, can definitely cause bad things. I like a lot of what Gino Wickman talks about in his book, Traction, mm-hmm. where there's this, and weekly is a pretty short interval, but he's got this action meeting where everybody that's in the company has to go through and talk about those issues, which I would call of risk on a weekly basis. And it's not one of these things where you just kind of wallow in, well, it's not fixed yet. There's a time definite associated with when things are going to be addressed and fixed. I think that kind of discipline allows all of these gray rhino issues not to become the blind spot uh, black swans if you're, if you're disciplined about how you go about it. Very good. Today we're talking in our bonus episode about black swans and gray rhinos. We encourage you to check out the references that we've linked in the show notes. And with that, that'll wrap another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Thank you for joining. Hey folks, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and please leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.